Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FNTSY. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz with you for the next two hours, getting ready for week four of the NFL season. Major League Baseball season winding down, some playoff implications there. We'll get George's thoughts across the board on all things sports and all things uh, week four in the NFL. George, we'll look back at uh, Thursday night's game. It was a good one for once, one that was entertaining, but I think we have some questions coming from that one from a fantasy perspective. First and foremost, want to hear, how was your week? What's new in your world, buddy? Week was good. Uh, so I'm a hockey guy, so I've had uh, a bunch of hockey drafts, and I had my last live draft last night. I'm in the middle of a, uh, a slow draft for hockey. Hockey starts Wednesday, by the way, boys and girls. As you mentioned, football week four on the way. Baseball, final weekend of the regular season. So it's uh, an exciting time in the world of uh, professional and fantasy sports. Uh, so hockey, quickly, don't want to belabor. Is it a goalie first fantasy sport? How does usually hockey break down in the first few rounds? Well, uh, as far as goaltenders, it's very much like quarterbacks in football. You need a good one, but you can wait. Uh, you know, you're probably not going to wait as long as you would in football, but you can wait to round three, round, round four. You're generally not going to see too many goalies going round one, maybe one. Uh, Vasilevsky on Tampa Bay is that good, but generally it's deep enough where you can wait. The only difference between hockey and uh, football as far as the goaltenders and quarterbacks is concerned is in most hockey leagues, you are starting two goaltenders, not one, which is why, once again, that's why you're, you're not waiting to round eight, round nine to have the goalie, but you're not going to grab one in round one either. But it's uh, goaltending is important, yes. Got it. Uh, so uh, you can always find George over on Twitter, at George Kurtz, if you have some hockey questions. And maybe we'll talk some hockey as the year goes on. I'm a hockey fan. I don't play uh, fantasy hockey. I, haven't, I played fantasy hockey one year, and it was, it was dreadful for me. But uh, <laughs> that is neither here nor there at this point. Uh, lots to talk about today. I uh, want to get through uh, the entire week's slate, uh, looking game by game as we break it down and get you ready for week number four. I do want to look back at, at Thursday Night Football, George, and we see yet again a shining example of why the Rams are, I think, the team to beat uh, in in the National Football League this year. Uh, just an absolutely efficient offense that uh, is doing a great job of getting uh, through each and every week. Uh, the beauty of it all is that uh, you have Jared Goff just being so darn efficient What's your takeaway from uh, the Rams' offense uh, on Thursday night? Jared Goff was impressive. I mean, he was making throws, I mean, and they were perfect. Uh, that throw to Brandon Cooks over the middle, the uh, throw to Cup in the end zone. I mean, wow, those throws are tough to make. Small windows, and he was fitting it in there, and he was gunning it in. It was like he was lobbing it. He was gunning it in there. Impressive. Uh, I think that's the first thing that uh, really hit my mind there. Minnesota can't cover. You know, uh, they have problems on the secondary, to say the least, which is somewhat surprising. I know they were missing Everson Griffin, so maybe their uh, pass rush was, was a little off. And then again, so was Everson Griffin, apparently. Uh, so maybe that hurt the team there. But it was, as you said, it was an exciting Thursday night game. I mean, a lot of points put up on the board. It's one of those games where, as a fantasy owner, you're like, oh, no. how many In how many leagues am I playing golf? And how many leagues am I playing cup? You know, oh, no, what about Cooks? Robert Woods, Gurley, they all had over 20 points each. And Goff had almost 40. Uh, so it's uh, concerning. You know, it's the first thing you always do. I'm, I still haven't looked to see how many leagues I'm playing them in. It's uh, a crazy week-by-week uh, week idea that this Rams offense can have four or five of the top you know, offensive stars in the league and thus uh, in fantasy football as well. Um, I do want to touch on you, touch on the Vikings secondary. Now, again, defenses and their ADP isn't necessarily something uh, that I that I, I track once the season starts. But looking back at something like Fantasy Pros, 
you have the Minnesota Vikings as the third defense taken off the board. Uh, that's after the Rams and Jaguars ahead of the Eagles, Chargers, Texans. Now, again, things can really change over time. Um, but are, are you dropping this Vikings defense? Uh, is it something that you're streaming defenses anyway, so you don't care? Like, How does this Vikings defense really play into your plans moving forward? Uh, I was, it's one week. I'm not really going to worry about it. Uh, and the, the Ram game doesn't bother me. The Bills game bothers me more from week four. You know, from the, the prior week, you know, the week three, than it does uh, the Rams in week four. Rams are a good offense, right? They lit you up such as life. You know, it was a short week, Thursday night on the road against what may be the best team in the NFC. Hey, hey they may be maybe the best team in football. All right, so uh, you'll get a pass for that. Uh, I think uh, you got the Bill game. That might have been more on the offense. Those fumbles by Kirk Cousins, turnovers. Uh, you may be looking ahead to this game. That didn't work out either. So that's where I'm going with that. I'm not going to uh, – I'm still starting Minnesota next week. If it happens again, all right. You know, I understand Green Bay also scored 29 points against them. You know, that's Green Bay. You know, it was in Green Bay. Tough. I get it. You know, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers can score points. But, uh, yeah, it's in the back of my mind that Minnesota may not be the defense we thought they were. Yeah, I, I think that's more than reasonable that uh... – you're not giving up quite yet, but you also have to be uh, aware of the fact that uh, football, fantasy football, is a short, short season. <laughs> it comes at you fast, and all of a sudden you can be uh, one and three or, or one and four, and and really having to dig yourself out uh, when you don't make bold moves. And I think this actually transitions to a question we just got uh, over on Twitter. And of course, you can ask uh, questions throughout the show at FNTSY Radio. FNTSY Radio on Twitter, uh, and of course we'll open up the phone lines in the second hour, uh, second segment of the second hour for any calls you guys want to have come in. Steve G, uh, who uh, I believe is on his way to Whole Foods once again, but uh, when do I begin considering trades? When is being patient being too patient? In a 12-team PPR, I have David Johnson and Drake as my starters with Freeman, Hines, Clement, and Riddick. My wide receivers are Diggs, Brown, Michael Thomas with Cup. On bench, do I trade a wide receiver for an RB one or two? If so, who do I try and flip, and who do I try to get? Now, obviously, that's a lot of information, but I think it's a good starting point, George, to talk about when do you trade, right? When do you make pull the trigger on your season? I'm a big proponent in fantasy football alone, all the fantasy sports. I'm not of acting quickly and acting decisively. Uh, if you don't, you're you're gonna more likely than not be on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs. If you feel like you don't have the roster construction to get it done week over week, I'm trying to get trades done early and often to restructure my roster to a place I'm comfortable with. How do you view trades? Do you take it league by league, or do you have an overall philosophy of when and where you're going to trade? How, when do I start trading? Uh, I don't know, the minute after the draft is over? It's, it's really that simple. You like the deal? I make the deal. I don't care. I'm not waiting to week four, week five. No, I'm going to let my team sit and percolate for a couple of weeks, see how they play. No, this isn't real uh, real life here. We need to see how your team plays chemistry-wise, see how they play together. You know, this is not a long baseball season where you can wait until, uh, you know, June. Give you have your team two months to see what's going on here. I'll trade immediately. Uh, anyone is tradable, movable, if the deal is right. So I'm not waiting, no. Uh, now, I won't give up on a play. I'm not going to trade low. I'm not trading David Johnson low, you know, because eh, the Cardinals haven't used him correctly. They have forgotten about him in pass routes. You know, I think we knew this was going to come in. This offense was going to struggle to come in. It was really about Fitzgerald and David Johnson. Fitzgerald's been banged up. He's gotten up to a slow start, too. The team literally has forgotten they have David Johnson. It's been strange. So I understand the frustration with, uh, for David Johnson owners, but it doesn't mean I'm just going to trade him. If the deal is good, sure, I'll, I'll deal anybody. Like I said, but I'm not looking to get rid of anybody yet. Uh, I don't like this. No one likes to trade low. You know, I we, we all look more to uh, you know to, uh, to buy low than to trade low. You know, sell high and all that. I mean, I think I'll be writing a new column on Monday with that exactly in mind. Players, you you should be looking to move, uh, or vice versa. Trade players, you should be looking to trade for. So when I, listen, when I first started playing fantasy, the t- uh, the two things I liked most: one, the draft. Draft for me is like Christmas morning for adults. You know, we get to open up our presents, see what our teams look like. The second part was trading. It was just fun to talk. You'll talk to your friends, relatives, wherever you might be, and see if you can negotiate, work out a trade. Now, trading has changed. Over the years, and it's probably your fault, Dan. It's my fault. It's the network's fault, Roto Expert's fault. 
no one likes to trade anymore because everyone's afraid of losing a deal. Yep. No, and, and no one wants no one wants to make a fair deal. Everyone wants to win a deal because they don't want to hear you know Dan Stutt, you're you're an idiot. How'd you make that deal? You know, and listen, I, I think we all fall to it. We all criticize certain trades. I know I make fun of. Well, why, you know, if you knew how to get in touch with us, why did you ask about the trade after you made it? Yeah. Maybe you should have asked them before you hit accept. That might have been a good idea. But uh, you know, but other than that, you, uh, you know, when you make a trade, if I'm making a trade with Dan Strafford, first thing I'm looking at your team, Dan. What do you need? Oh, he needs a running back. You know, Dan's got four All-Pro wide receivers. Well, guess what? I'm not going to offer Dan a wide receiver. He doesn't need it. Yeah, you offer him what he needs. I'm not saying I make my. I'm going to make my best offer to Dan. I'm probably not, but I'm not going to insult him either. I'm going to try and open up a dialogue. Now maybe Dan's going to go. No, nah, no, I'm good with my team. I don't. I don't want to make any deals. Okay, problem solved. and move on. You know, but maybe I can. You know, you can. I don't want to insult him and have Dan go. You know, screw you. That's a terrible offer. You're an idiot. I'm not talking to you. I don't, I, you want to make a competitive offer, but not your best offer. So you you can negotiate and you work from there. But to say this at a certain time, no, I think that time is immediately after the draft. I start sending out uh, trade feelers. You know, in certain leagues, if I'm in a league before the draft, you know, you're a draft pick a league where you're trading draft picks. I'm offering those picks before the draft. Always want to get a dialogue started. It's uh, amazing to think about the point you made on uh, people being hesitant to trade because of getting you know roughed up on twitter or, or made to look like they're an idiot but i think that's a large part of it you don't want to pull the trigger because you don't want to be wrong but again it it, it really favors the bold fantasy football it favors those who are going to take risks and and move quickly not to say to george's point you're not selling low on people you're just making deals you're, you're looking to get better and sometimes you're going to be on the wrong side of that sometimes you're gonna be uh making the wrong trade and that's why you, you play every year. That's why you keep active each and every week uh, and trying to see where uh, the trades come in. You know, it's funny, uh, George, I know you you uh, know Joe Pizzapia well. Joe and I have uh, went to high school together. We've been in fantasy leagues together for about 20 years now. And he always calls me a tease when it comes to trading because he loves to deal in fantasy baseball. Like He's constantly trying. And I'm somebody who's very deliberate in baseball. Football, I'm aggressive. Baseball, I'm very deliberate. Take my time. Uh, he gets very frustrated with me because I don't pull the trigger uh, as fast as he, he'd like. But it's funny when you mention the dynamics of it and the negotiations of it. Um, you make a great point that you don't want to be the jerk in the league. Like You don't want to be the guy who doesn't respond to trade offers or is responding with venom because then people won't deal with you. It really is a sociological and psychological endeavor to, to make deals in your fantasy football league. Try, a, you know, the the... You know, ounce of sugar, uh, you know, a little bit of sugar gets you the honey, right? Gets you the bees. Uh, so so be kind, make good offers, be a good trade partner. Uh, and to Steve's point, get in there, you know, start start making those offers, make offers you're comfortable being accepted. And then uh, if they counter, be ready for them to counter. But uh, I think those are, are great points overall, George. And, and I think football, especially, you just got to be ready from the moment the draft uh, ends, as George said, uh, to get out there. So we do have a pull up. Over at FNTSY Radio, I want to get your take here, George. We do have a clubhouse leader, of course. Uh, who finishes week four as QB1? Uh, whether you want to talk daily fantasy, season long, whoever scores the most points. Uh, the four I included in the poll, uh, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, and Jared Goff. Obviously, Goff, uh, as I said, clubhouse uh, leader here and could very well end week four as QB1. Uh, are any of those four in your top uh, picks here, or do you have somebody else as who you think will be QB1 this week? Well, if I was if I was a bit money on this, and if I was going on my bookie doing a prop bet, I'll put my money on Goff. He's already got the points, right. so uh, I'll take what's in hand here. If I'm forced to pick somebody else, I don't think it'll be Breeze. You know, not on the road. Giants, uh, you know, they don't have a great, but they don't have a lousy one. It's it's on the road. That's why I'm not picking Breeze. Okay, if it was in a, in a dome, I might feel a little differently here, but it's on the road, so I'm not going to go with Breeze here. Rivers, I do like San Fran. Even before Richard Sherman got hurt, their secondary was terrible. You know, and now no Sherman. That's certainly an option. And then Mahomes. Denver. In Denver. Decent defense, but they're not playing great. Uh, I, I guess I'd have to go. Boy, not, it's not easy. You picked, the, you picked the good one here. I don't see anybody else, no. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, it's against, it's against Baltimore. They, they generally play closer games here. I'll, listen, I'll go with Mahomes. He's done it all year long. I, I don't see why he's going to stop now. I don't, I don't think they'll be able to run the ball that with all that much success. So give me Mahomes. But uh, 
like I said, I don't think anyone's passing golf this week. Yeah, I, I think you make a great point. If you're on a wagering site where you're getting certain odds of, of uh, benefit for golf for some reason or another, somehow or another with those points in hand, uh, that's that's an easy one. But I don't think you're going to uh, from a prop bet perspective. I, I do think that uh, – I think people are going to go Mahomes. I really like Phillip Rivers this week. Um, I, I You made the points. I, I just think that this is the week of the season where Phillip Rivers – makes his hay, puts up gigantic stats, and then makes everyone worry the rest of the year why he's not performing to that level. Um, I did see Keenan Allen should be good to go, according to their head coach. So that is a big part of uh, Rivers. But I also love Mike Williams this week uh, for, uh, I almost said San Diego Chargers, for the LA Chargers uh, as we get ready for for week number four. But that's a a poll we will pay attention to the rest uh, of the first hour. We do have a poll for the second hour to get your takes uh, on uh, one uh, prop bet, one uh, wide receiver prop bet that I do find intriguing from results for the first three weeks. Uh, projecting week four uh, has to do with one of these quarterbacks as well. Uh, so we will talk about that throughout the show and we'll break down each and every game of the week, get you some start sits. Uh, as I said, find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Find us at George Kurtz at Dan Stravern. And we'll open up the phone lines in the second hour, 844-843-6879. We want to talk to you. So get at us on Twitter and get on the phone lines in that second hour as we talk through week four of the NFL season. Lots to get to, lots to break down. Some really interesting lines out there as well uh, from an over-under perspective and money lines to talk about as we go through here on Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. to Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Strafford, George Kurtz, getting ready for week four of the NFL season. George, I do want to get your take here on uh, the injuries for week number four, which seem like uh, some of these rosters are entirely on the injury report as a slow jam and fades out in the background. I should have went with my really deep voice on that one, uh, George, but uh, decided against it. Um it, between the Ravens and the Colts, it feels as though their entire roster is on the injury report. It's only week four, but uh, I, I guess just an overall take. This is typical, right? I forget year over year how quickly these injury reports fill up. Uh, but anything stand out from an injury perspective or, or names that uh, are concerning you heading into week four uh, when they pop up on the injury report is questionable? Yeah, I think the injury report with a grain of salt, there is no probable anymore. So a lot of these guys who would be probable are now just listed as questionable. You know, teams, coaches, they're just covering themselves. They don't want to hear from the NFL in case, uh, you know, a guy's not on the report and he doesn't end up playing. So they just put it about questionable. So I don't really freak out all that much about it. I mean, uh, listen, the, the doubtfuls, sure, the guys who are missing practice, the late adds to the injury report on Fridays, those on or Saturday for that might have concerned me. You know, we know Devonta Freeman's out, so uh, that was nice. You know, don't have to worry about that. Uh, as far as we know, Tevin Coleman will be the man there. Uh, so, you know, Randall Cobb is an issue. You mentioned Keenan Allen. Uh, Golden Tate was an, uh, an, a late addition this week, so he'll be something to watch there. Uh, am I worried? Nah. I mean, you're always worried. Once again, Joe Mixon's out, so you know, you're good with Giovanni Bernard there. Uh, you're always worried. But, uh, you know, you know LeSean McCoy is going to play. So Chris Ivory, well, all of a sudden, you, probably, you certainly don't want much to do with him this weekend. Because even if, well, unless you really think that McCoy can't finish the game, which, hey, is a valid, I don't think he can finish the game either. But I'm not going to take that chance. Maybe the man can. So uh, I always take the girl, the injury with a with grain of salt. You're looking for reports. You're looking for the beat writers. If you're really worried, go find the beat writer who follows the team. He'll let you know, is the guy practicing, limited, is he sitting on the sideline with his helmet in his hand? Does he even have a helmet on the sideline? You know, those kind of things give you clues about how a team truly feels about a certain player. 
It's uh, a great point of, uh, hey, you take it with a grain of salt with the change this season between uh, questionable and probable. Uh, so you're going to do your best to keep an eye on, yes, the Adam Schefters and Ian Rapports of the world, but George, uh, making the, the, the fantasy sports, you know, the, what you need to know is follow the beat reporters, follow the, those boots on the ground, the men and women who are covering these teams. Uh, there are plenty of Twitter lists out there there. You can go to individual websites, uh, but you should be, uh, tracking as best as you can heading into Sunday morning to make sure you don't get caught blind. Uh, with your roster construction in DFS, or obviously uh, your season-long leagues uh, over uh, the course of the year. As uh, George pointed out, uh, some injuries we already are well aware of. You mentioned LaShawn McCoy, too. will be intriguing to see uh, from a DFS perspective how uh, owned he is with the injury ongoing uh, and in a, a matchup on the road there. Um, let's Let's see here. I do want to take a look game by game, get into this action and figure out uh, if there are any bets that you're looking at as well. Some intriguing uh, over under, some intriguing uh, money lines too, I think this week with some bigger spreads uh, and some uh, big dogs out there. Uh, So let's go to it and get into some of these game by game, make sure we're uh, giving the people what they want, a breakdown of their teams and where they see uh, some attention. You mentioned Giovanni Bernard, you mentioned uh, Tevin Coleman, and that's our first matchup here. It's the Bengals and the Falcons. Cincinnati sits at 2-1, Atlanta at 1-2. and two. Coming into this game, uh, you do have those injuries that you mentioned between um, Joe Mixon and Devonta Freeman, so our two top running backs are out. Uh, 26%, uh, 26.75 implied open for the Falcons has gone up to 28.5. 21.25 for the Bengals has gone up to 24.5. As of right now, on one side, I'm looking at uh, minus 5.5. Uh, open for the uh, spread and now minus four between these two teams. So lots of movement in the lines on this one, George. Lots of offense predicted in this one, George. Seems like, you know, all hands on deck. But I wonder which Atlanta Falcons wide receiver is going to score touchdowns this week. Well, we know it probably won't be Julio Jones, right? (laughs) So, hey, solves that problem. Uh, Listen, you're you're still starting Julio. I understand the frustration, but... You know, if you're a Julio Jones owner and you're bitching about no touchdowns, uh, this is not a new where thing. Where have you been? Yeah, where have right. you been? Right. I mean, you, you don't have. And what I'm trying to say, you don't have a right to complain. Now, we, we, everyone was talking about this going into the season, how they just don't use him, or they can't find him, or Matt Ryan has an, you know, allergic reaction to him in the red zone, whatever it might be. But his numbers are still solid. So it's not like you're all that worried about it. But uh, as you mentioned, where, where you been? We've been talking about this forever. So you're starting him. I think the question is, you know, are you starting Calvin Ridley? You know, it's, it's in the Dome. Cincinnati, this game does have the feel of a somewhat high-scoring game. I don't know if it's going to be the Saints and Falcons of last week. By the points we put up on the board here, if you have Ridley, uh, I'm not saying he's an automatic, but uh, that always depends on what else you have on your roster. For all I know, you have three great, three other great wide receivers, but he's a probable start. You know, I think that's what you're putting in there. He's a probable start in this game. Uh, I think there will be for Ridley. He's a rookie, so there'll be games where he's not a big part of it. You know, he has a uh, quiet game. But there's also going to be games where you saw last week where he's a major part of it. He's, Julio Jones is still going to see those double coverages. Teams still have to worry about the run game here. It should open up things nicely for Ridley. We're seeing a lot of one-on-one coverage. Not too much of the safety over the top unless teams are playing cover two. Uh, so I like what I'm seeing here. If I have Ridley, odds are he's in my lineup over Sanu if that's where we're going. And I think uh, I, I'm a, a most Sanu truther, uh, Rutgers grad, so uh, near and dear to my heart. But it does seem like the just the you know athletic skill set that Ridley has will be a, a big asset for what Ryan is trying to do, and and obviously not having Julio Jones as red zone target it seems. Uh, Cincinnati's uh, defense is pretty much middle of the road when it comes to something like DVOA over on Football Outsiders when it comes to passes. Uh, they're middle of the road against tight ends, uh, wide receiver three or four, uh, wide receiver twos they're twenty, and wide receiver one they're they're ranked fourth again. Grain of salt this early in the season, but you got to start using some of these stats to figure out what matchups you want to go after. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball for the Falcons, offensive side of the ball for the Bengals, you have Dalton on the road, A.J. Green, Gio Bernard all seem like options this week. Do you see Dalton having a big week against Atlanta in a higher scoring game, or is this somebody who you think is outside of the top 12 for quarterbacks this week? It's a good matchup for him. Atlanta's beat up on defense. Once again, indoors, you're not worried about any kind of weather here. Uh, Falcons are going to put up points on the board. Uh, as, as much as I do like Giovanni Bernard, and I do, Dalton's going to have to throw the ball. I think what you're worried about now is A.J. Green. 
He's got the uh, what the pelvic bruise uh, they're calling it, and I saw the play last week. Yes, he does have a, you know he pretty much fell on it, so that's that's gonna hurt. But uh, and I'd prefer that to being a groin strain. You know, so you always worry about the groin. Uh, uh, you know, re, I guess re-injuring it, pulling it, whatever it might be. So uh, AJ Green should be good to go. Tyler Boyd, another good, solid play here. Uh, Dalton is he a top twelve? Yeah, I think he is this week. I think he'll put up points there. Question is, who would you start him over? That's who are you taking out of the top twelve? Right. That's really what it comes down to here. You know, because there, there are a lot of guys here. You know, the games we're going to go through here. Trubisky could be in your top twelve this week because they're playing the Buccaneers. That could be an option. Are we taking Stafford out because he's playing the Cowboys and during the pass defense is okay here? I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. I kind of like Stafford. Are we not sold on Wentz yet? Was off last week. Titans are a decent defense. So we're taking him out. So that's where, you, uh, where I'm looking at here. Who are we taking out if you're putting Dalton in? And I don't see a lot of guys. You know, Cam Newton, okay, he's on by. You know, Alex Smith wasn't top 12 anyway. You know, Rivers, we, we love Rivers this week. He's in our top 12. You know, Ben at home against Baltimore. Generally, we're going to like that. Or do we not like it because it's at, you know, at, uh, against Baltimore? Traditionally, they play club, you know, they don't play high-scoring games. So that's my only issue here is I'd like to see here who people are starting Dalton over. I'm not starting over Matt Ryan, his, his opposing quarterback. Once again, I think Ryan's going to put up points as well. Uh, Andy Dalton or Joe Flacco this week? I like Flacco too, but what I just said about Ben also holds true for Flacco. These teams generally don't play high-scoring games. That being yep. said, we know a Steelers secondary is terrible, or at least not playing very well. And Flacco has new weapons, Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed. You would think, once again, points can be put up on the board here. But to answer your question, I think there's more of a track meet going to happen in Atlanta. I'll take Dalton. Yep, uh, I'm right there with you. And the Baltimore Ravens offense has been strangely high scoring over the what their last six games or five games, dating back to last season, of course. But uh, pretty crazy to see. We get into, I get into, I should not uh, ascribe this to anybody else, but I get into the mode of over years, you you start to think of teams as a specific style, especially when the head coach doesn't leave. Uh, but this Falcons team, Falcons, uh, Ravens team has, has sort of flipped the script a little bit over the past uh, few games, scoring a lot of points. So interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, but George makes the point, these divisional games do matter in football. They, there is something different to them. I don't know how to uh, ascribe a number to them. Or, or to, to really make it more analytical than just be aware that it's a divisional matchup. But you see it with Falcons-Saints. Uh, you see it with Bucks-Saints. You see it with Giants-Cowboys, Giants-Eagles. Uh, and you definitely see it here uh, with the AFC North teams, where it just seems to turn into these lower-scoring, more defensive battles uh, with the Steelers, Ravens, uh, Bengals, and, uh, well, the Browns. But uh, they're getting better. They're getting better, George. They're, they're going to make it happen. With you leave the Browns alone. <laughs> They're off the mats. They're ready to fight. Uh, let's continue on here. Buffalo and Green Bay. How about them Buffalo Bills, Georgie? How about them? Josh Allen doing things, making the Vikings look like fools last week. Uh, but here we are heading into Lambeau Field. I don't expect lightning uh, in a bottle uh, or lightning to strike twice, whatever uh, terrible phrase I'm trying to use there. Uh, I, I see this as a Green Bay win, but uh, do, you, do you believe in Josh Allen? Do you think that this kid can... Get it done week over week in the NFL. Man, last week, uh, I killed a lot of survivor pools, including mine. Thank you so much, Buffalo. Uh, on the road, they beat Minnesota. They, they, they didn't beat them. They crushed them. On the road, they beat Minnesota. You, you said, now you're going to go to Green Bay and do the same thing? No, no. I, I can't see that happening. Plus, you're not going to catch anyone off guard now. Green Bay's well aware of what you did to Minnesota. I'm very thankful for that, actually, also. Uh, good for Josh Allen. I mean, good. I only played great, uh, but... Got the job done. The bottom line is there's still not a lot of weapons here. I, I mean, Green Bay doesn't have the greatest of defenses. You know, and plus, you know, when you keep calling you know, these roughing the pairs of penalties on Matthews, you're killing what's left of that defense. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, he, I don't own him in any league, so I don't have this problem. But if you do, you probably have to start him, and I hate it because I think we, we could be looking at a Dalvin Cook situation from uh, Thursday night. Once again, a top running back. He may, he may be a running back two, maybe not your running back one. But you had to start Dalvin Cook, even though we hated the matchup coming back from the hamstring. But you probably had to start him. You don't have enough depth not to start him. The guys you're going to be looking at starting over at Dalvin Cook or LaShawn McCoy are all these flex sort of backs where, you know, they're no guarantee either. You know, so I think that's a problem here. I think in a perfect world, yeah, I'd like to sit McCoy this week. I would. But the matchup's also nice. McCoy wants to play. You know, so it's like you're, you're playing against each other. Your logic says no. 
You know, he can't finish the game. It's ribs. He's going to get hit in those ribs every time he touches the ball. That's got to hurt. Could have the ball making him leave the game. Plus, he's not a goal line threat. We know he's going to get vultured there. That Chris Ivey is going to come in. So, LeSean McCoy, to me, is a problem this week. But this is also why I didn't draft him in any league. Because he always goes through these games three, four times a year where you just don't. He's hurt. He's banged up. But he's going to play because he's, you know, he's a warrior and all that stuff. Great. But he, it still may be better to put him on your bench for your fantasy team. But once again, just like the quarterbacks we're going to talk about, who can you start over him? Yeah, I, I think you made the point, and I, I think the biggest point was uh, you didn't draft him. <laughs> you know, like you're, so you're not in this uh, conundrum of trying to figure out whether or not to start him. I, I don't like them this week. I think the matchup makes tons of sense, but I think you make all the right points of why you'd stay away. But who's on your roster and who can you get in there uh, to potentially take up those snaps? The, the volume over efficiency arguments will, will definitely take hold uh, in that deliberation. Looking at something like DVOA over on Football Outsiders, Green Bay 29th in the league against the rush. So they have struggled uh, from a metrics perspective against the run on the year. Again, not end-all, be-all, not trying to quote one stat and saying uh, it is predictive, uh, but uh, one that uh, is worth keeping track of as the year goes on. Uh, I think, uh, what about the Green Bay side of the ball? I know we continue to deal with Aaron Rodgers' knee, and he's not going to be healthy all season, but uh, this is a game uh, that could be interesting from a Rodgers perspective. We expect uh, Green Bay at home to put up some points, uh, to have uh, an efficient offense. Uh, You also hear uh, Aaron Rodgers calling for Aaron Jones to be in the lineup, saying that he is a different back than anyone else they have. Green Bay with an implied uh, live total of 27 from what I'm seeing. They're minus 10.5 favorites over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, sorry, minus 9.5 live right now. Opened at minus 10.5. I, I I don't know that I can bet on Green Bay here after what we saw last week. Uh, but it does seem like a, a spot to at least consider uh, pretty thoroughly. What do you got here from the Green Bay side of the ball? Well, they're banged up. I mean, they are certainly banged up, right? I mean, you got Rod, we know Rodgers is going to play. And he did get into some limited practices. But this knee injury is something he might he might be dealing with all year. I forget who it was. Uh, I don't know. It might have been somebody who works for us. But they said, and it's, it's an interesting question. If you're drafting today, where does Aaron Rodgers go? Not what round, but where in the quarterbacks? Is he still number one overall? Probably not. I don't think he can be, no. no. I, don't, I don't think he can be either. I, I agree with you, Dan. I don't think he can be either. How far down that list does he fall? All right. Are we taking Mahomes ahead of him? Are we taking Goff ahead of him now? You know, there'll be some I guys he's still ahead so. of. Yeah. I think I, I, think think I am top too. five, top five, maybe top seven. But I think it's questionable. I think it's definitely one that you need to, to like if we're talking about getting the first few weeks of stats and then looking forward, it's tough to trust him as top pick material from the quarterback pool. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I would take I, – I wouldn't take the top. I know that. The question is how far down. Like I said, top five, top seven. That's, that's probably where I am with you. I agree around there. He's, he's going to be hobbled, I think, most of the year. Uh, now there's a chance that Randall Cobb may not play. You know, once he was that late addition that we, we worry about there. He's got the hamstring, and he didn't practice Friday. That's always a concern. The Friday practice is important. We'll see what he does through the walkthrough today. But he, uh, luckily, it is a 1 o'clock game. We'll know beforehand about whether or not you need to replace him or not, so you'll figure it out there. If somebody was asking me, I think it was on the Slack channel, the Rotor Expert Slack, where you can answer, uh, ask any questions you want about would uh, this give a boost to Judge Ronald Allison? Well, yes and no. It does because, obviously, there could be more targets coming his way, but Cobb is the slot guy. So, and, you know, so it's not going to change the routes that Allison's going to run at all, so maybe it doesn't uh, change things all that much here. I agree with Rogers about uh, Devontae Adams. And, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones. You know, I think he is the best running back there. We heard McCartney say it last week. Oh, Jones, he's back on suspension, but Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams are still going to get more touches. Well, that didn't happen. That went right out the door. Not that they ran the ball a whole bunch last week. I think they only had 17 carries, and two of those went to Rodgers. And the others were 6-5-4. Six for Jones, five for, I think, Williams, and four for Montgomery. But Jones is going to have that role. He is the best back there, and I expect that to happen as soon as this week. Anything on the over/under or the spread in in this one? Uh, over/under of forty-four and a half, uh, minus ten, uh, minus nine and a half. Let's say is the line right now. Uh, I mean, uh, the over/under. I'm going to go with the over here. I think Green Bay is going to score points, and I think Buffalo could score some too. I don't think Green Bay is all that great a defense, so I'll take the over here. As for the nine and a half, that once again, that is a big lay. We 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 ate it last week, right? With Buffalo, uh, we're going to see if we can eat it again this week. I'm taking Green Bay there too. 
All right. I think I'm with you. It doesn't feel good, but I think I'm with you. I just, again, I said uh, trades favor the bold. I think you're going to have to be bold this week with some of these lines and some of these spreads as we move forward. So a lot still to get to. Lots of games. We're going to move a little bit faster in the next segment. I did mention uh, we're going to make sure to take your calls in uh, the second hour. And of course, uh, we have that poll going on over at FNTSY Radio on Twitter. Uh, stick with us. Fantasy Sports Today is coming back. We have plenty of games to get to in week four of the NFL season. Dan Trafford, George Kurtz, right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Huey Lewis and the news. George, would you know, this is the song my wife and I entered our wedding reception to. Oh, isn't that nice? Listen, I'm a Huey Lewis guy. I like Huey Lewis. Uh, Probably not as much as Chris Bavona does. Huey Lewis live is pretty damn impressive, even at his age. I've seen him twice. Um, A very impressive concert. If uh, you are an 80s head, if you're a Back to the Future fan, uh, and how are you not? Um, but uh, some great music. The sports album still resonates. It still works uh, if you're into that sort of music. But uh, see him live before uh, you can't because uh, it's I don't think you show. can anymore, by the way. Did he stop touring? I think he's got a uh, medical problem with his ears where he can't uh, hear anymore oh, or something no, like oh, that. No. I believe yeah, I read that about a few months back. You know, oh, that idea yeah, he can't. Uh, that's disheartening. And, it is. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's something that's going to heal either. So I don't think you're, you're able to. I mean, maybe it uh, got better. But last I heard, he uh, no, he can't sing anymore. I he blame him uh, for this. That's that very Another true. Back to the Future reference. Uh, uh, it was too loud. That's why. The music was too loud. It was those so, big speakers, uh, man. Exactly. Uh, we can t- For those listening who have no idea, go watch Back to the Future, please. Uh, this is not even like a, a generational thing. Just enjoy that movie for what it is. Uh, let's uh, move on to uh, next game up uh, as we make our way through uh, each and every game here on week number four of the NFL season. Tampa Bay and Chicago. You mentioned Mitch Trubisky before. Uh, this is the week that I think makes or breaks the early season prognostications that Nagy was going to make uh, him this year's Jared Goff. Uh, we have uh, some talent in the wide receiver core. We have some talent in the backfield. And we have a Tampa Bay defense that uh, has shown uh, no real desire to stop anyone on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, what do you got here? Is this a Mitch Trubisky week for you if you have him rostered? Well, you'd like to think that Tampa Bay is the uh, the cure to what ails your defense, you know. Uh, so maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I mean, yeah, I understand uh, Nagy would like to get Trubisky going, but the most important thing is to win the game, you know. And that's really what it comes down to. He's not going to try to make fantasy owners happy. Uh, I do think this could be a good game with Trubisky. Everyone else is throwing up, throwing up, uh, throwing up big numbers versus Tampa Bay, you know. So maybe he can too. But his team's going to run the ball too as well. I mean. Um, I think Trubisky could be a sneaky play. He's certainly a start in two quarterback leagues this week or super flex leagues. Uh, I think the numbers could be there. Tampa Bay coming off that loss to Pittsburgh. Short week, traveling. You know, none of this is a recipe for success for that defense to figure it out all of a sudden. So I think this could be a Trubisky week. But then again, in one quarterback league, odds are you're not starting him. I'll play the right. game again. You know, I think uh, you know when I was I was going through the list during the commercial of quarterbacks you might start someone like you said Dalton over, uh, Trubisky could be in this category as well. The only one who was really top twelve before the uh, season started that you might think about would be the Carson Wentz, the Matthew right. Stafford, and Andrew Luck. Those are the three that I can come up with. You might think of starting a Dalton, a Trubisky, a Flacco. I think is in this conversation as well. Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I think those those are the four uh, three quarterbacks. Wentz, I think he's still rusty at Tennessee, rough. Stafford, he's been fine actually. He's been solid, but you know, at Dallas, got a decent uh, uh, defense there. Uh, Luck, well, we all know the arm strength. You know, something seems to be off there. And really, what may be even more concerning is Manny. He's just got no one to throw to. 
Not yep. too many weapons there. So I think those are the three we're looking at here. Can you start Trubisky over any of those this week? I mean, Luck is at home against Houston. They're terrible. I can't start him over Stafford. I don't think I can start him over Wentz. I don't think. Well, that's more, and even though Wentz, I think, is the, the better of those three quarterbacks, but he's also got the toughest matchup at Tennessee. Decent defense. That's the one. And he's, I think he's still a little rough here in the receiving core, and the running back core is all banged up. That's the one where I, I think I'd be, as far as Dalton, I think I could, I could do it. I could do Dalton over Wentz. I don't think I could do Trubisky over Wentz. Makes sense to me, and I think uh, I do like a lot of the weapons on the Chicago side of the ball, so if you sort of extrapolate that out, then I like Trubisky. Um, I don't know in a season-long league that I'm making that leap, though, from uh, the points you made, that unless I'm in a bad spot, it's a Cam Newton, whatever, you know, whatever, um, I think that uh, I, I don't know that he's a top 12-er for me. I think the upside is there to put up some big points and thus end up a top 12, but I don't know if I'd project them that way. Uh, as we look through the rest of this contest, uh, Fitzmagic uh, is maybe not as magical after last week. What do you make of the rest of the offensive weapons here? Who are starts? Who are some guys that you think maybe have some gigantic upside uh, that may not be on people's radars? Yeah, I think, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I think this could be the uh, last week we see Fitzpatrick. Uh, they have a bye next week. So I think they'll use that to get uh, Winston ready to play week six. That's what I would expect anyway. So I, I think this is the last week for, uh, for Fitzpatrick. Uh, unless he has another big week, a big game. And it's a tough game. It's in Chicago. I'm not touching a Tampa Bay running game. No, thank you, Peyton Barber. I don't want it. Uh, O.J. Howard. See, this is what was we, and I know I think you and I discussed this before the season started or in early. This is what's going to be a problem with Tampa. All right, Fitzpatrick seems to prefer O.J. Howard. If Winston gets back, last year he preferred Cameron Brait. Right. So before you all go out and go nuts for O.J. Howard, who looks great, and he's going to be great, you may have to you know, take a step back, breathe a little bit, and think that you know, if Winston comes back, he may prefer Brait. And that's a problem. There are a lot of uh, tight, end, tight ends banged up. You know, they're not playing between the Greg Olsons, the Lonnie Walkers, who are gone. Uh, Evan Ingram's now out for about a month. I mean, it's a problem out there. We all want the tight end. O.J. Howard is a good tight end, but we don't know how much he's going to play, so I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit there. Deshaun Jackson, yes, he had a fantastic first couple of weeks. Not so much last week, and that's what he is. If he hits the big play, boom. He did great fantasy. If not, well, you're going to struggle. And yep. But once again, that's the way it is with the Sean Jackson. You have to be careful here. Uh, Mike Evans just started. Chris Godwin I like. And Fitzpatrick looks for Godwin in the red zone. That's a major good target for him in the red zone. So Godwin, I'm probably starting this week, even though, once again, I don't think this is going to be the high-scoring game we've seen in the past. For the Bears, I mean, Howard, you're starting. Tariq Cohen, flex play. Really haven't used him as a weapon they promised they, uh, us they were going to. And, of course, Allen Robinson, you're starting. And that's really it. You know, uh, Trey Burton as well. He'll start for me, even though, once again, I'm still waiting for him to have that big game. I, that's what I, I keep thinking to myself. I wonder if this is the game where Chicago's offense really becomes what we thought they might become, where Burton's a bigger yep. part of it. Howard has the big game. They use Tariq Cohen. Uh, there's no one in the passing uh, as far as the receivers, wide receivers, outside of Allen Robinson I'm interested in. But uh, I wonder if this is the game that, as I joked earlier, you know, if Tampa Bay's the demons that cures this offense. Yep, I, I'm right there with you. And I think uh, it's Allen Robinson, it's Jordan Howard. I've been on uh, Trey Burton more often than I'd prefer uh, to start the year uh, from a DFS perspective, but I do think this is a possible upside. It just wonder, can they get everybody going the same week? It does seem as though Tampa Bay is the sort of defense that will allow something like that for a big offensive output. And again, if if I feel like all of those pieces have a potential to have a big game, uh, I sort of have to feel that Mitch Trubisky uh, is going to have one as well, just simply uh, from getting them the football. Um Looking back at our poll, it does look like uh, Jared Goff, uh, the easy runaway winner here, which is what I expected. So I'm going to ask you this, George, quickly. Do you take Goff or do you take the field when you go into this poll? If you, if I just say Jared Goff versus every other quarterback, do you take Goff or do you take the field for <laughs> week number four? Oh, that's cute. Um, <laughs> Goff or the field. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat Goff. He had over 400 yards. I mean, he had he had a mon- the only thing he didn't do is run in a touchdown. Yep. You know, he had a monster game. So you're asking someone to have a huge, huge game here. Uh I you know, I keep looking at Mahomes. This is at home. I might feel a little differently. Rivers might be that guy, but I think Melvin Gordon's going to get. You know, he's too good for them to throw the ball all the time. Uh, I'll take Goff. I'll take Goff, man. I think he's got. I think he's going to hold on this week and be our. Uh, I guess our Week Four MVP. 
I think I'm right there with you, but it's a fun question, and uh, we don't typically get that from Thursday Night Football. So I'm appreciative that uh, Thursday Night Football gave us uh, such a high-scoring game and such a a wonderful uh, question to ask here for week number four. Uh, We continue on talking game by game. We'll get through uh, the 1 o'clock, some 4 o'clock. We'll leave uh, the rest to the rest of the day here on FNTSY. You have college football today coming up at 10 a.m., and you have uh, George uh, all weekend long. Uh, tomorrow you have them on the second half of the day, giving you updates and insight uh, for the NFL season, uh, week number four. And don't forget, Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and re- recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness brackets. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. Com. Continuing on here as we look at Miami and New England. This is a really intriguing one for me, George. Um, one, because I hate New England. Uh, but two, uh, because uh, some are pointing to this as the get-right game for the Patriots or at least sort of the the report card, the where, where we can really understand what this Patriots team is. Listen, I'm never going to write off Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I don't care if they're one and five. I really don't. I, I think this is a team that and a franchise that we've seen year over year starts off slow, then all of a sudden rattles off 11 wins or 10 out of 11, and they are sitting pretty at the top of the uh, AFC East. But uh, going 1-3, and three, losing to Miami, Miami being 4-0, and is, is going to be a tough hill to climb. Um, I don't see New England losing this weekend. I, I don't see it as even in, within the realm of, of probable outcomes. Is it possible? Sure. Any, and, you know, any given Sunday, right? But where do you see, fantasy-wise, this New England offense? No Rex Burkhead, so Sonny Michelle should be you know front and center with James White being the receiving back, uh, split out wide from time to time. Seems like we do have a good understanding of what running back should be used by Belichick here, which means we'll all be wrong. But um, And then the Dolphins side of the ball. Kenny Stills, uh, Tannehill, uh, Drake. Uh, what, what do you make of this one? Do you see the, the Patriots winning, and how do you think it shakes out from a, a fantasy perspective? Oh, it's interesting, right? Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we're all worried about the Patriots, right? We're worried about Brady, Gronk, and all that. Is Josh Gordon going to play? And if he does play, is he more than anything more than a decoy? Does he know the offense enough? To really, does he have Brady's trust enough? I think after what happened last week, if Gordon is healthy enough to play, he plays. Yeah, even if he is just a decoy, I think Bill Belichick will use him as that because even if he can't, doesn't know the plays. Dolphins still have to respect him. They got to respect the deep ball. They got to put. Uh, the best cover man on it, and probably make sure the safety's tilted towards that side. Right. Because let's face it, if you don't, don't know the plays, it's not hard to say, hey, Josh, go run a fly. You know, run a 20-yard pose, run a skinny pose, whatever. No, that was a basic plays there. Uh, he's, I don't think he'll be the hot receiver at all tomorrow because he may not know the, that, that, kind of, that part of the offense there. But I think he, if he, the hamstring's healthy, I think Josh Gordon plays. I think he helps. Uh, we'll find out about, about Miami. How good a team are they? I know they're 3-0, but they played really nobody. They played Tennessee in that mess of a game in week one, which was delayed for like seven hours. Uh, then you played Oakland, who may be one of the worst teams in football. So uh, they've had a, uh, a nice schedule to start the season. And we'll find out now. They're going to New England, tough place to play. We'll find out how good they are or aren't. I think they're a team that are doing it with mirrors. But the problem with New England is, man, they looked old and slow Sunday night. Yeah, and Miami did. had to see that too. They're going to want to get uh, Jakeem Grant uh, involved. Use his speed. Albert Wilson, use his speed. I think Miami's feeling good about themselves. I think I think the one that's going to win this game, but not in impressive fashion. Now, I think we're, yeah. we're not going to see New England impress us yet. I I feel like you're, you're right. It feels like a game where Belichick schemes uh, Tannehill into some mistakes, and uh, you get a 23-13 sort of you know, backyard brawl between these two teams where New England just sits sits on it and, and make sure they get out with the victory, which is something they've done over the years um, where they rely on the defense. The secondary hasn't been great. You have the McCourty brothers who have seemed to step slow. You have a, a bunch of guys in that defensive backfield that just seem uh, to be a little bit overmatched to start the year. Again, I am not speaking to the demise of this franchise or this dynasty, uh, but I do think we're seeing uh, some... Uh, Holes in in the wall here, uh, some some uh, fissures of sorts uh, that will uh, really need to be corrected as the season goes on and make for changes. Don't know if Gordon is is what cures all ills, uh, but I do think that uh, he does change a lot of the dynamic of this offense if he is 
healthy if he is right-minded uh, and will really become a, a great point uh, for Rob Gronkowski to get open over the middle. I do think it's a big Gronk week. Every week could be a big Gronk week, but I, I would be more than confident projecting him uh, for a score and at least uh, seven, I, I think seven receptions is a pretty decent. I haven't, I haven't seen a line for him. I haven't seen a, a prop bet for Gronk on receptions. I don't know if you have, George, but I'd be intrigued to see if it was at about six and a half or seven and a half, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to to push or or go over that. But uh, let's continue on here. Uh, We'll get one more game in before the top of the hour. We'll continue on into hour number two, Philadelphia and Tennessee. You mentioned Carson Wentz before. Not really sure if he's completely healthy, but uh, he will be under center as he works his way back from that ACL tear and surgery. Tennessee Titans two and one. How I'm not really sure. Like this is a team that has a lot of holes, uh, and you have Rashard Matthews, who's been cut, uh, was going to leave the team. He didn't like that he wasn't getting targets. He's not the number one receiver there anymore. Oh, it's pretty much a mess in Tennessee, but yet they're two and one. What What do you got here, George? I mean, you're right. Uh, the Rashard Matthews thing was strange. You're two and one, and. Uh... You've had to change quarterbacks a couple of times, yet you're upset that you're not getting targets? Really? Uh, that was just weird. I mean, really strange for me to hear uh, that coming out of him. I mean, what do you want? So I said strange, but whatever. He's gone now. I don't want anything to do with this passing game. I think that's pretty simple. You'll, no Matthews, no Delaney Walker. All right, Even the, the running game right now, neither one's more than a flex play. The offensive line's banged up too. Uh, so I, this, this has all the makings of an ugly offensive game. Because you know, Philadelphia, Ajayi's got the broken, uh, well, he's got a broken back. Transverse process, a broken back. But he's going to try and play through it. Uh, Clement's banged up. And Darren Sproles is out. Alshon Jeffrey is, uh, he's got the shoulder, coming back from shoulder surgery, and now he's been sick all week. You know, I think he'll play, but what are you going to get from him? Uh, and, and Carson Wentz, I think Carson Wentz is healthy. I'm not worried about his health. I'm worried about just the rust, just shaking the rust off. He had problems last week with that. You know, it's in Tennessee. This has all the makings of an ugly offensive football game. Where really, other than Nelson Aguilar starting him, uh, Zach Ertz, yes, starting him. I don't think there's anybody else I'm dying to get into my lineup on either side here. Are you, is the Eagles defense a slam dunk for you this week? Or do you see some downside for them from a DFS perspective? Oh, no. I guess I wasn't counting DSTs. uh, Philadelphia Eagles, yes. Also, that's another uh, unit I'd play this week. Yeah, it seems like a good spot. Obviously on the road, so things can happen, and uh, it's a cliche. It's a cliche for a reason. Any given Sunday, we can see some strange things, but as Mariota still deals with uh, this uh, nerve issue, as we continue to see an offense that really isn't that fine-tuned there, uh, I'm not very scared of uh, the backup there in Tennessee. Uh, I I don't think this is really a a week to worry about the Eagles. Uh, They're not expensive over on DraftKings at 3,300. It seems like a pretty good cash game. Uh, defense to to lean on this week hope for some turnovers obviously that's the upside when it comes to daily fantasy sports uh quickly moving on to another game we'll we'll come back to it as we uh hit uh hour number two we'll get a new pull up as well uh jets and jacksonville uh speaking of defenses i like you have to like the jacksonville jaguars here i think they're going to force uh darnold to go up top here George, I think they're going to try to take away Anunua in the the middle of the road passes from Darnold, make him throw over the top to guys like Robbie Anderson. So I do think Anderson has some upside from a DFS perspective. Quickly here before the, the top of the hour, uh, are you on the Jacksonville defense? Is this a team you think has the highest upside? I'm always on the Jacksonville defense. I don't know about the highest upside, but I'm certainly on the Jacksonville defense. It feels as though Darnold could have a really, really bad week. But we'll talk more about that. After this break, you're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Trapper, George Kurtz coming back. We'll take your calls in the second segment after this, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.